Hey guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This Podcast. This week, Zach's tentacle slapping his way through a fight, and Sean's land-dwelling octopus. Don't mind the strings, because we're watching Octoman. Somebody has to look after the senorita. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, my guys? Yo. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And this week, as I said before, we're watching Octoman from 1971. Uh, Or was it 72? That's a good question, because Amazon Prime says 72, but IMDb says 71, because I originally wrote 72. Uh... More about that. If you guys know anything as to what the hell's going on with Prime's information, because it says it's coming from IMDb, please let me know, because it drives me dang nuts. Yeah. This movie's a sci-fi horror movie with a rating of PG. Did you know this movie was only rated PG? <laughs> uh, actually, no. I Which, didn't. We're going to kind of get into a little bit of that, because there's some stuff that I'm surprised that get, they got a PG for. Yeah. Um... Which is probably why shit's changed. Oh, absolutely. Well, they didn't have PG-13, to be fair. Yeah. Um, This movie runs an hour and 19 minutes. It was written and directed by Harry Essex. Harry Essex uh, also wrote It Came From Outer Space, 1953, Creature From The Black Lagoon, 1954, and he was a writer for Dragnet in the 50s. He was a writer for Dragnet in the 50s and 60s, as well as The Untouchables in the 1959 series, and I Dream of Genie. So he had a bit of a... An expansive writing career. <laughs> but it's interesting to see someone who wrote, um, like, I Dream of Genie and The Untouchables. He's, like, kind of well-known uh, stories have written this. Yeah. But also, very interesting that he would write The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Because I mean... this is basically essentially the same story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, if... I don't know, someone else wrote it, I guess, but... But it's the same person. really all together? Yeah. Um, uh, and then okay. this happens, right? And then this is gonna happen, and she's gonna be like, back, 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 God. back, and, you know, he's gonna... I don't know why I'm doing that accent, but, you know, that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, he's from New York, so... Is that what I was doing? I guess. That was totally a New York that was accent. A New York. You sound like Stallone. He's famously New York, right? Yeah. Not, not Italian, but New Yorkian. New Yorkian. Um, so this movie has an uh, IMDb rating of 3.5 out of 10, I believe. Wow. Stars. I feel like... I don't know. Uh, this movie, bu- this movie's budget was uh, estimated at $250,000. There was no box office return for this because this movie didn't play in theaters. Uh, Really? Yeah. There is a gross worldwide like, yeah. income, I, which I didn't write down, but it didn't it's have a box It's only like $2 million more. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, not $2 million, Two. It was like 200000 Hold up. Because they only put $250,000 into the movie. Oh my gosh, I went so far back. Uh, oh my god. Shit, now I lost all my shit. <laughs> did I read the numbers wrong? I think you might have. Oh, I totally did. I'm an idiot. Was it $2,000 more? It's $250,000 budget total. I thought it was like well, that's 2 the budget. million. That's the budget. I thought it was like $2 million. It, right. Okay. And then the gross in U.S. was 
280,000 instead of Oh, no. So they only made, like, 30 grand? Yeah. Oh. That's rough. Yeah. It was a different time, though, at the same time. Like, what, uh, we'd probably have to look into, like, inflation and stuff. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was the 70s. That's true. Were movies making millions? Well, not, not only was it the 70s, it was 1971. Right. So it was the beginning of the 70s. Right. So I, I don't really know where that amount of money stands, but it doesn't seem like very much. Um, now, we'll say it now. Spoiler alert. I had to write this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we knew. Um, really quick, I'm going to go through a synopsis on this movie. It's a real quick one. When a research group investigates radiated waters in Mexico, they discover a mutated octopus that can walk on land. Soon after, the crew are stalked and attacked by a humanoid octopus. That's, That's it. about it. That's the whole movie. Yep. All right, my score for this one. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, this one's going to be a short one. Um. So, I mean... Basically, the reason you picked this movie... I mean, you picked it, and then we talked about it, and then what solidified your pick was that I had mentioned that this was Rick Baker's first movie. Yes. Uh, Rick Baker, if you're not familiar... um, So this was his first movie. Two years later, he would assist on The Exorcist, and then less than ten years from there, he would go on to do all of the effects for An American Werewolf in London, which is a movie that we covered in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you haven't seen it, go check it out. we got a back catalog of uh, quite a few movies. Um, he, I mean, his work in that movie, in my opinion, kind of cemented his name, uh, as far as cinema goes, but he goes on to be in, or to work on effects for almost every major blockbuster for the next 40 years, uh, after this movie, because Mm -hmm. he retired in 2015 and actually still has movies coming out and, or had movies in 2017 coming out that he had worked on previously. Right. So... Uh, but he, he worked on uh, everything from, uh, like, the movies I listed, and then he would go on to do, like, the Iron Man movies. Yeah. Which is like, whoa. Right. Uh, uh, it's pretty insane. And, and I think that this movie, uh, without... I, I don't think that this movie is a great movie. We'll talk about whether or not I'm being kind of hard on it by saying that. But I do think that his effects for being 21 years old at the time are really impressive. And this was his first movie, and that's really impressive. Sure. And I think that it's um, it's a really, like, proving tell that he would go on to be who he became. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's retired, but he still has um, a small, like, studio at his house that he'll go out and play around in. Right. He, uh, I think he was recently on an episode of, it was either Postmortem with Mick Garris or the movie Crypt. It was movie Crypt. Okay. I listened to that one. Cause he might, he might've even done both, but I think that that one specifically he talks about it in his retirement yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. You should go listen to that as well. Cause he's a really interesting guy with a lot of like stories to kind of tell, especially if you like movies, obviously you're listening to us bullshit. So yeah, he gets into some good stuff in that one too. So like that was a really good episode listening to that. I liked it. Shout out. What up? So I got, I got one major problem with this movie. Yeah. Octoman. Only has six arms. Octomano. Well, true. Well, six limbs, we'll say. Sure. Tentacles. His legs kind of just split off into, like, another set of tentacles. Kind of at the the bottom. I kind of liked it, though. Although I thought it was shaped like like the feet parts more. So I thought it was supposed to look more alien that way. So at first I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm I'm kind of impressed with this design. I think the the overall design is pretty good. 
Um, I don't think it's terrible. And, and from what I read, the suit was... A, they only had one, and so they had to worry about damaging it, which is why he kind of lumbers around and, and doesn't go running. Uh, but not only that, it was kind of heavy yeah, and kind of gross to wear. So I kind of have to applaud the guy wearing it for being able to do what he did in it. But I, I still think that um, as far as the movie goes, it, it's kind of overused and overseen on screen. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's the movie's biggest problem, but I think that that is a problem. Uh, the pacing is one of the things that I thought was kind of weird in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because we kind of have like three... It's basically one scene that happens, like or one scene, not one scene, but one small uh, like scene of things that happen. Yeah. That happens over and over again three times, and then it's kind of over. Right there, but in like slightly altered fashions each time. Yeah, it, it was a tough movie to get through. It was a very tough movie to get through. So I'm sorry for putting you through that. Um, no, it's okay. I'm glad we watched this. Well, and upon watching it, I'm now learning um, someone else who also worked on the Octoman suit. Um, at least from IMDb, uh, Doug Beswick, which, do you know who that is? I know the name, I don't know what he's famous for, or what uh, he would be famous Well, I don't for. know if he's necessarily, I, I mean, I would say because he worked on these movies, he's famous for them, because they're big movies. Okay. Um, well, at least some of the ones. Uh, I thought it was kind of hilarious that, um, I think this might be, like, a porn parody, but he was an effects technician on Flesh Gordon in 1974. <laughs> nice. Um, but then in 1980, um, he was the stop motion technician um, for miniature and uh, optical effects unit for Empire Strikes Back. Oh, no shit. He did more stop motion stuff with Terminator. Um, he did the mechanical armature design in Aliens. I th- it sounds like he went and worked with Rick. He did the stop motion on Evil Dead 2. Yeah, I think he went and, and worked with Rick. Uh, the Sandworm sequence, the visual effects for that in Beetlejuice. Oh no shit! Yeah, oh, that's pretty he's done. Awesome. He's worked on a lot of really fucking cool shit. Blade, um, Xena, Warrior Princess, nice, scary movie too. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, a couple of American Pie movies. Uh, well, it's honestly pretty incredible what some of these special effects artists work on because a lot of the time it's not even these effects heavy movies that you'd expect them to be. Yeah. But then you go and look and it's like they did some weird like thing in in the movie that's barely seen or that you almost don't notice that mm-hmm. just slightly alters the look of the the actor. Um yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh now one thing that caught me off guard about this movie which it's not here or there. It's really just something I was curious about your opinion on. Is it's called Octoman and not Octoman. Yeah. They both work. I'm not not criticizing that. They both mean eight. Yeah. What's your take on Octa versus Octo? Um, I kind of liked Octa just because it's a little unexpected. It's a little more, like, exotic sounding. Right. And I think the reason for that is because, which they call him this in it, they call him Octamana, or at least the Hispanic uh, Davido does. God, yeah, Davido. <laughs> Davido, yeah. W- played by David Essex, Harry Essex, the director's son. <laughs> by the way. Oh, that explains a lot. What? The only part about that that, I mean, not the only part about that that irritates me, but one of the major things that irritates me about that is there are, like, Five actors in this movie, and the rest were uh, like extras. All the extras right. were natives to Mexico, where this was shot. Right. Why not just have a native play the native character? 
Sure. Instead of having your white son, who's, by the way, in my opinion, cannot act. That actor was terrible. Yeah, uh, the kid that played DeVito? Yeah. No, I agree. He was terrible. All I could think was, I get that he's your son. I did think like, he was nepotism. Hispanic, though. I, I don't know. Why. Oh, I don't think he is. I'm pretty no. sure he's, like, New York, just like his dad. <laughs> oh. Um, but they made him look like a Native American They made him, like, they... They put makeup and stuff on him because he's got, oh, like, dark around sure. his eyes and stuff. Well, yeah, I saw that. Um, but I think that they just kind of brown-faced him. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's kinda, unfortunate. I mean, different time, like we've said, but still, it is unfortunate. Uh, I'm like, man, this guy is not a good enough actor to sacrifice all that for. Just keep him behind the camera. Make him a grip. Well, and then I... F- oh, okay, so then either the dub was, like, god-awful. Oh, yeah, it or- was. Um, well, cause like it already was. So like, yes, but that scene when I think it's DeVito's character being introduced, there's also that like other dude with the huge bushy, like mustache and beard and the kind of long hair. Yeah. 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 And he's like kind of go, I think he goes in and out of speaking English and Spanish. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that like dub part was so awful. Very bad. But it was so funny to watch because it's like that's obviously not that guy's voice. There but was... then the guy's also doing like an accent for the dub. There was so much about this movie that was aw- I know. It was like what? <laughs> so was the guy like not Hispanic or was he really Hispanic? Well, like, the the actor looked like he was. Maybe the voice kinda, actor yeah. wasn't. No, that's what I think. Yeah. I think the it was just some white dude. Um so I know we've already kind of jumped in and, and we'll probably keep doing this, but uh, a little bit more about some of the actors in this movie because it's, uh, you know, this is an older movie, so everybody that we see isn't, are, they're, we're not really familiar with. They didn't live much longer, and that's actually true about everybody that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, en- enough for us to really see them in movies that we watched, uh, which is why we go back and watch these old movies because sometimes there's gems we didn't know about, and it's kind of cool being like, oh. Yeah. I thought this was trash can, and it's actually like going up on the the shelf and buying this one, not this one, but yeah. sometimes. Yeah, uh, I found a lot of movies that I really like enjoy now. It's wild because of this podcast, and so. it kind of makes you reevaluate the way you look at movies because you start looking at them a little bit differently than you normally would. You definitely do. Um, hopefully, this doesn't happen to us, but I know someone who's run a podcast before and. They said something that kind of affected them was that because they were like it was more of a critic thing, so he couldn't really enjoy movies anymore. Like he, he couldn't just, separate yeah. his uh, so like, criticisms. you know if you're you just gotta you just gotta remember like it's just a movie at the end and exactly and it's okay to like a movie yeah even if it's not a great movie it's okay or to like it. even if it doesn't really make sense absolutely we might still shit on it though but I dude mean, i shit on movies i love so yeah, it's fine it does you know i don't see it as the end of the world when i do that but um me too so our lead actress in this movie her name's pierre angeli she actually died during production on this movie and she was only 39 oh, wow. years old yeah really now it wasn't uh production related she actually died of barbiturate overdose and was found in her home and it, it makes me wonder, um... What the fuck is that? Barbiturates are downers. They're, like, pills. Oh, okay. Uh, but they're heavily oh, duh, you addictive. you said overdose. They're heavily addictive and, and pretty strong. Yeah. And so I think that it, you know, and as per the time, everybody was kind of taking drugs, not, not once again, not permitting it, but it was the time. And I think that Those that's Those were the days! Happened. Those were the days! <laughs> no, uh... 
you're saying it like that. It you it sound like you sound like, like you yearn it. for those yeah. days. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm wondering if um, her death had anything to do with maybe the structure of this movie being kind of wonky, hmm. because it it said she died during production. Um. And that would make sense to me, because there's some of this movie that kind of feels like where it's like, why are we retreading some of this? Like, kind of just randomly. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, why did that even whole segment just happen? Because it kind of felt like it was for nothing. Uh, like, the, the cave scene at the end of the movie where they go into the cave and then they would just kind <laughs> you of... can't see shit. And they just get out. Yeah. And it's like, and oh, okay. They literally, like, went in a circle. Oh, yeah, and they even say that. Yeah. Which is like, uh, okay... Well, and, and the one dude, because he, like, bailed out of the RV, like, way sooner or whatever. Or maybe he didn't. Was he there when they stopped in front of the log? I'm pretty sure he was there. Yeah, he gets out. Yeah. And he's like, I'll go find a way out. And he goes to the right. cave. And then he's like, hey, guys, I found... And then he basically <laughs> just gets him out. Yeah, he gets him out. But he's like, oh, I found the end of it. And they're like, this is where we came. It was so dumb. <laughs> God damn it. Uh... Pierre Angeli, real quick, uh, she was famous, she was married to Kirk Douglas, and then carried out a relationship with James Dean. I, I oh. bring that up because one thing I, I read that I thought was funny, and who knows if this is true, but if it is, it's pretty funny. Uh, her mother, she she split up the relationship with James Dean because her mother didn't like him because he wasn't Catholic. Oh. And I, I just thought that was kind of funny. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, but I mean, you're carrying out like a, uh, like a, um, an affair. And your yeah. mom has no problem with that, but yeah. it's that he's the Catholic is the issue. Um, so we also have Kerwin Matthews. He plays Dr. Rick Torres. He was famous for his roles as Sinbad in The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Gulliver in The Three Worlds of Gulliver, and Jack and Jack the Giant Killer. Uh, he died in 2007 at 81 years old, and he actually was the oldest, or not oldest, but he lived, outlived everybody else in the movie. In the movie, yeah. yeah. Um, no, in the world. <laughs> um, oh, and then Jeff Morrow, who played Doctor John Williams, was a stage and radio actor through the twenties. Uh, he went on to serve in World War II, and then when he got back, he would start doing radio plays. He was the voice of Dick Tracy in the Dick Tracy radio play. Oh, okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and then he started acting in film and TV in the fifties. Uh, one of his first roles was in the 60s uh, iteration of the Twilight Zone episode, The Cler uh, Elegy. And then before he retired in 86, his last appearance was on the 80s iteration of the Twilight Zone episode, uh, Day in Beaumont. And then he passed away in 93 at 86 years old. But I thought it was pretty cool that he had kind of started his TV career and ended it with the Twilight Zone. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a cool, like, kind of circular... Uh, kind of thing to happen especially with the twilight zone because it's been around for so long and it's kind of always held the test of time yeah uh i mean i kind of hate to say that i don't love the current iteration of the twilight zone but i still like that they're doing it it just felt like they were t trying to rehash the old stories too much yeah um i haven't watched enough of either to really be able to say i haven't watched any of the new one and i've seen maybe like one episode or something of Twilight Zone, really. I'd really like to cover the Twilight Zone, the movie. Well, I mean, we did tell us from the dark side. We could do Twilight Zone. Yeah, why not? Uh, and then that's pretty much, pretty much all I have to say that's interesting about this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I have some other stuff, but that's pretty, pretty much it. Uh, I, <clears throat> I actually appreciated the opening sequence of this movie. I thought that that was like really good way to grab attention because it kind of just jumps in like documentary style almost. 
Yeah. And it was almost kind of like weird. I thought it was an ad. I thought I accidentally hit play trailer. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did the same fucking thing. Because it's like Octoman. Yeah, and, like, and, does I, and then like, does, it like starts playing the trailer almost, and you're like, can I actually watch the movie? Because sometimes you can only watch the trailer. Right. But then it shows like the title, and yeah. then it like kind of jumps into the movie. Which it was just really odd. I was like, oh, okay. But then it, yeah, it, like does this like documentary style. Like, did you notice the movie didn't have end credits? Um, it didn't have like traditional end credits. Like it just says the end with like the copyright information, right. and then the screen goes black, and then it's over. I was like, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> um. Well. They're like, well, you don't need to know all five people in the movie. That's true. We covered it up front. I mean, I really like, though, in the beginning how, um, I mean, Octoman, he's got his own movie. The first credit you see says starring Octoman. Jesus Christ. And I think that's really great that Octoman was able to, you know, like really kind of just bust out into a film career. I mean, you know, he didn't do anything after that, I don't think, at least anything well, legit. He became an alcoholic because the creature from the Black Lagoon got all of the attention. Oh. Yeah. It's a rough... I heard that he he tried to make it in porn. <laughs> God. Well, he did. I mean, he inspired... He fucking planted the seeds for hentai uh, uh, years over. Yeah, I think I think he tr- moved to Japan for a while. Jesus Christ. And started doing some stuff. Um, yeah, he's a... Uh, I was kind of, okay, so I was kind of annoyed with something. They're like, uh, they find that octopus. The one that's like crying? Yeah, is that what it was? It was crying? I don't know. It sounded like it was making some sort of uh, sound. And they say it must be a hybrid. I was like, what the fuck? Why? It just looks like a like normal octopus, really. Well, it also has like these eyes, these like wild looking eyes. I don't know if that's just what octopus eyes look like. I try not to look at octopus because I mean, they... they scare me. <laughs> I love octopus. They're, they're like, just uh, scary as fuck, dude. They're fascinating, dude. They have like yeah, three no, brains. Oh no, they have like three hearts. But they still don't know how to love. Um, well, <laughs> it, it's just so that they can love themselves, and that's the most important. thing. The one lonely heart, though. <laughs> they're like the most m- like mentally healthy thing on the planet. Uh, <laughs> um, and physically, I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was kind of weird. Octoman was pretty creepy. What? Okay, hold on though. Back to this this octopus, this hybrid octopus. Yeah, all right. Why okay. do these two eyes have kaleidoscope vision? It makes kind of no sense. I don't know, but I kind of liked it. it I mean, is isn't Octoman an alien? No, he's not an alien. I swear somebody said something about it being an alien or something. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know because they talk about how there's radiation in the water. Oh. And okay, so, so it's really I assumed just... he was just like a mutant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but he's not really man. He's just like this evolved form of an octopus. Right. Which uh, there's this <laughs> there's this old um, like nature documentary that I really like. It's so bizarre. It is like the most CGI thing. Um, although I think I think the habitats they film are all real. Sure. But they predict what they think animals will be in the future. Oh, God. And this is past the point where I think humans have died off. And they say that there's these... Um, it's really old, by the way. It's like early 2000s. Sure. Um, it's called The Future is Wild. Oh, God. 
uh, and I've been wanting to get a copy of it for the longest time. It, it's so fun to watch. But there's these, like, so there's these squid things um, that don't live in water. They live in, like, trees. And they, like, do these, like, flips off the tree branches. What the fuck? And they kind of, like, um, it's they kind of travel like, like apes. And they say that will be, those were the most, are going to be the most intelligent creatures um, because Fucking they problem. utilize rocks as, uh, like, weapons. Like, they throw rocks. Um, and they swing from tree to tree, and they're squids, Yikes. and they're, like, the closest related thing to humans or something like that. I hate this so much. It's so fun, though. You should look it up and watch it. I hate it. It's crazy. Just get hella blitzed, put on the future's wild, um, and then see the crazy shit they fucking say is, they, they try to predict is going to be in the future. But, I mean, it's past, like, human life, so, like... It, so, it's, it's totally like, a guess. It's really somebody was just like, oh, what if this happened? Totally. It's like they wanted to make a horror movie. They couldn't f- afford the budget. So they were like, we'll do a nature doc. <laughs> I, oh, so I think that's the whole point of it, though, is that it's like um, they're talking about like if human life ceased to exist, yeah. this is how these creatures would evolve. That's like the whole twist of it or whatever. But it's like a real documentary. But it's I mean, you know, it's all CGI because they make up these creatures or whatever. No, they're real. They actually got people to uh, do suits and, like, puppets and stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say they got people to splice animals together to make them. (laughs) I mean, one of them is, like, this giant, uh, they call it the mega squid. Oh, God. And it's, like, bigger than an elephant or something. Miss me with the fucking megapods, Um, bro. Get them out of here. (laughs) And it's just this massive, like, on-land squid-like creature that just walks around. Those things already exist underwater. Yeah. Oh, it's good. like round though. It's bulbous. It's more like a, it. It's like your. It's like the new elephant of of the world. Do okay. My I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a statement. I think Zach probably likes this movie a lot. Like I think he's gonna give it a good score because he likes this movie, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But what set me off to that was that when the we get the first guy or the there slip of the tongue when we get the first Octoman fight. It sort of just looks like a kaiju movie. Like it attack. definitely does. And I was like, "Oh, Zach's gonna love this movie." <laughs> so, and it's obviously because that's how the kaiju movies are shot. But it looks so much like that. It's kind of bizarre. I no, I, I actually did think that when I was watching it. I was like, "This has like big kaiju vibes." Now, Guy all- in a suit, just flailing his arms around to <laughs> fucking. Beat the shit out of people, and that suit looks kind of heavy. And he's like bitch slapping people. I with think those they tentacles. probably got pretty pretty yeah. hurt with those, honestly. Um, Which uh, Devito takes it to the face at one point. <laughs> uh, so all all crazy ass jump cuts aside, this movie on Prime sort of looked like it had been remastered. Yeah, like the absolutely. color was good. Yeah, it was really good. Which there was an option to watch it in HD, and I didn't pick that one. Me either. And it still looked, like, incredible. Because there was no grain. There was no... Mo- like, in the dark scenes especially. That's what set me off. Because whenever something's dark in an old movie, it's usually super grainy if they didn't have, like, the money to process it correctly and, and set up lights. This had, like, no grain in the night. I will say there were some um, there were some scenes, though, where um, there was a lot of, like, pixelation oh, sure. in the dark parts. Sure. Um, and it was against the light part, so you can obviously see these black squares like right. moving around. And I was like, nice. Right. Um, I will say though that first moment where they peek over that kind of like grassy knoll with the trees on the sides, and you see the lake in the middle, and how like blue green it looks. 
I was like, that shot is fucking gorgeous. Oh, sure. Well, was it the shot where they show that and then they cut away and then they talk about how the water is too crazy and then they cut to like a white water rapid and it's like oh. clearly not the same water they were just at? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't pay enough attention. That was one of the <laughs> only times I was paying attention because this movie draws itself out. I swear it manipulates time because at one point I was like, oh, this movie's probably pretty close to over. So I checked and it was only 38 minutes in. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and then like, I was like, dude, I feel like this movie's three hours long and it's not. It's an hour and 19 fucking minutes. I, it felt like it was like an hour and 45 to two hours to me. Dude, I was just like, what is happening? Um, yeah, the pacing was definitely weird, but they do kind of like get into it pretty quick. Oh yeah. But it just lasts for the whole fucking movie. Well, it's like they, they, you know, like I said, but it's like they get into it and then they resolve it sort of. And yes. They get into it again and resolve it sort of. Well, then... and they, they also, yeah, they definitely, you were right about the Black Lagoon thing because the woman starts to have an effect on him. Right. Like almost a romantic then, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, he like wants her. Right. Because he does end up picking her up and whatnot, but then. She it ends up being his fucking... demise. Yeah, she shoots him in the chest with her fucking gun. And, and then everybody else lights him up, too. <laughs> yeah, and the one guy, uh, the, like, cowboy-esque guy, he's, like, holding his hat and, like, shooting at him. Okay. And then DeVito shooting at him. And I oh, was but like, he's like this, yeah. shooting his gun. Yeah, and I was like, uh, was this, like, the original premise for, like, Cowboys versus Aliens? <laughs> it is the first Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> God. Um, I think that there's, like, a lot of little th- Dude, I don't know, man. Obviously, you didn't like the dude Cowboys versus Aliens either. Me? Yeah. I thought it was okay. I no. Oh, but I remember when it came out, you gave me so much shit for it because I was like, "Dude, it looks so cool," and you're like, "It's so cheesy." Cowboys versus that Aliens, is cheesy. and I was like, "Yeah, but it's cool. Like, who cheesy. But it is cool. But it is cool. It is cheesy, though. You're absolutely right. But they made a really cool movie out of it, so I think I I, I think it's good. I like that movie. So. Th- it's a better movie than this one. Uh, oh, absolutely. So the the sound in this movie is fucking crazy. Like, there's scenes where the voices are so washed out that I'm like, what are you saying? And then there's other scenes where I'm like, oh, it's pretty clear. I can hear you totally well. I, I thought it was pretty good until, like, you get some of the people that aren't, like, really, like, can actually speak English. And so they're, like, dubbing over it. Yeah. Uh, there was also, like, I don't know. There was some, like parts that kind of didn't need to be in this movie that dragged out like David's whistle <laughs> where they do it like multiple times I was like why are we doing this and like, he does the same song God. and it's uh that like the traditional like yeah um what I liked the dead cat prop that they walk by yeah, it looked, it looked, it looked real. It might have been real. So if it was real, then I didn't uh, like it. But if it was a prop, very impressive. Yeah. Um, I hope it was a prop. Like, ah, we actually found a dead cat, so. One of my favorite parts of this movie, hands down, is when Octoman, like, punches the dude in the face and breaks his eye socket and his eyes all like huge. Oh dude. And then he picks him up and throws him <laughs> down the side of the mountain. That's that scene was that part was tight. That's pretty great. Honestly some of the Octoman action was pretty good because there was another time where when he like appears out of the RV when they come back, that scene gets pretty intense. So he's oh. like, whooping everyone's ass. 
Dude, it caught me by surprise. I didn't expect him to just pop out of the fucking RV and be me like, uh, surprise, motherfucker, and slap everybody down like yeah, he does. I know. Uh, which, at first, I was like, did he just kill everybody? That'd be <laughs> sick. Like, dude. Almost. Um, I think the one guy that was dying in the cave dies. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, like, smacked in the face, and he's, like, bleeding. Which, because, yeah, it was like, they basically all get up immediately and are fine. Yeah. Okay. I, um. Well, then we also learned that Octoman's weakness is a fucking flashlight. Yeah, kind of. Because that never comes back up. <laughs> yeah. Just that one time. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't really, like, seem to work that well after that, too. Well, and they, they do the whole fucking ring of fire right after that, where they, like, they, like, they light the fire around him. That was pretty cool. But it's so drawn out, and it leads to nothing. Yeah, it, they end up putting like a net over him. But like, and, and then which, like, we have to study him because they kind of catch him right. But then he escapes like immediately the next, yeah. like as soon as he wakes up. Yeah, I was gonna say the next day. Um, it was really night. weird because he starts like um doing his cry thing, and they're talking about like how it's, he sounds so sad and lonely, and all of a sudden he's just there, and he's like, ah! <laughs> Well, not only is he just there, but then uh, the. The female, what's her name? The female actress, uh, what's her character's name? Dude, I don't know. Uh, Susan. Any, I literally don't know anyone's name except DeVito. In this. I had to write this, write them all down. It's because I think of Danny DeVito, and I love Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's great. I would have remembered it if I had thought that. Uh, so the Susan actress, or character, uh, she like screams like it's her first time seeing him every time she sees him. In particular, that scene. Because they just caught him, and she had like physically interacted with him because he picked her up yeah but then when he gets out she's like losing her mind like it's the first time she's seen it and i'm like dude you just had this thing captured what do you really like would you chill she's scared dude i mean i guess rightfully if it was this monstrous thing but like what the hell yeah uh there was there's a scene where there's like heavy lightning sound as I, well as wind yeah but but there's, there's no wind or lightning there's nothing going on. It's like sunlight. I was like, what the straight fuck? Up, straight up just the middle of the day, but there's a thunderstorm brewing above everything. Dude, I I don't really know. I This movie's kind of tough. I mean, I'm... It's not, like, completely incompetent, but it just seems... It, it, it shows its, like, age. Oh, absolutely. I was, like, in almost I, I was every way. I this movie's, like, incredibly dated. In, like, every way. But I feel like there's there's a select few movies that really survived through from the 70s. Yeah, I agree. Um, but this was not one of them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I literally, and I try not to reference my notes too much, but I literally wrote down the only tension building during this movie is in my stomach because I have to take a dump but don't want to have to come back to watch the rest. (laughs) Uh, You should have just uh, watched it on your phone on the Prime app then. So you could have taken a dump and watched the rest. God. I actually literally did that today because I didn't get to finish this last night. I didn't do that because I was like, I want to be able to take notes. But then I'm looking at my notes like, well, I guess I I don't know why I really took notes. I didn't really write anything down. Um, I I have to say, though, my, my uh, my favorite part was the ending. Um, because it was over. <laughs> Same. Um, no, but legit, I I did kind of really like the ending because of the way how like they shoot up Octoman, right? Oh yeah, they light him and up. He, he lumbers into the lake, I guess, which it kind of looks like he, they were just trying to make sure he was like 
past the view of that little hill. Sure. It was like, just get Cause below, he kinda just just get below that. Down. Yeah, but then you hear a splash, but then there's nothing there, and you just see blood, like, kind of, like, swirling up to the surface of the water. And then it's like, the end! And yeah. I, I actually really loved that. Oh, I me loved too. how, like, it was still just panic, like, sitting on that. And it was like, the end. Yeah, I agree with that. And I... you're still, like, seeing the movie, you're still seeing the bubbles and the blood swirling. And I actually thought that that was the coolest part of the movie for me. Yeah. And I kind of hate to say that, but... Um, it was maybe one of the more effective shots. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so we're, what we're going to do today is we're going to score the movie like we normally do, which before we score this movie, we're actually going to score last week's movie because we didn't do that in the episode. <laughs> hey, did you guys listen to Tremors? Thanks. And uh, yeah, here's our score, I guess. This kept me up. This kept me up all night thinking about it. After we recorded the episode, I had cold sweats. We didn't score the episode. Yeah. Uh, or score the movie. I mean, we probably made it pretty clear while we were watching it that we both enjoy Tremors. Yeah, I love that movie. It, I I swear I said something about it being so nostalgic for me. And, like, we, we straight up talk about how good we think it is. Oh, absolutely. Um, that I thought it was kind of obvious. Um, but I'll go ahead and say it. I... I have to give Tremors a 5. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to go 5. I was going to go 4.5. I was thinking 4, but I was like, well, what else do I... What else could I ask for with this movie? Sure. The... There wasn't a lot that was, like, really bad about it at all. Or not good looking. And so I'm like, this... Uh, essentially is, a, at least for me, a perfect movie. And... Yeah. So... Tremors gets a five for me, but I am kind of biased because I've been watching that movie since I was like, I don't know, like seven or something. I mean, same. It's always so 20 years. Always was on TV growing up. Yeah, I give it a 4.5. I think that it's uh, kind of beautiful to look at. I think the story holds up. I think the movie holds up. I, I think don't my think... parents actually showed me that movie. Oh, really? My yeah. grandparents showed me. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's damn near close. Yeah. So that's why I give it a 4.5. Sure. Um, if you didn't watch that episode or didn't listen to that episode, now you have a reason to, even though you already know what we think about it. There you go. Uh, back to this movie this week, Zach, what are we rating this movie out of? Uh, uh, we're rating it out of octopus tentacles because since Octoman didn't have eight, we don't don't have to worry about going to eight. So we're going to go out of five octopus tentacles. How many given this movie, Zach? Sorry, Octoman tentacles. Oh, Octoman tentacle yeah, tentacles. Yeah. My bad. Um, I give it one point five. One point five Octoman tentacles for this movie. I don't think you need to explain yourself because I actually gave this movie the same exact score. Nice. I wrote my dude. score down after. I watched Hell it. yeah! I think that this movie is a one point five. I think that uh, it's a movie. <laughs> I think that out of ten um, stars, here's how I break that down. Out of ten, it's three. Okay. And that's why I give it a 1.5 out of 5. Obvi- that sounds obvious when I say that because it's multiplied by 2 or whatever. The math divided is by two. my head. The math is there. It sounds obvious. But the reason I say that is it, when you look at it out of 10, it's kind of easier to understand that when I say it's a 1.5, I'm not saying it's a dumpster fire and shouldn't be viewed. I'm saying that it's a movie and there was some effort made for them to make it, but they should have put a little more effort into it. And it's very clearly someone's first movie. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just... There's not really a good story there. You've got a concept. Here's what I'll say. 
There is a great story somewhere in there. This movie, to me, is like, like, um, what somebody would like, like back in like ancient times when they would make up like myths and legends yeah. based off things like, you know, like there was like, oh, Medusa, the snake hairs. It, it was like really just a bunch of snakes or something, you know? Sure. Um, I feel like this is kind of like that. It's like, oh, the Octoman was this crazy thing. And it's like, really, it was just like that, dude. Right. And you're like, oh. No, I agree. Okay. Um, I think that this movie, you know, there is a good story in here. Obviously, it's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Well, which one came out first? This. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's not an older creature from the Black Lagoon? Not that I'm aware of. I I always thought Creature of the Black Lagoon was much older than the 70s. I think that he's the youngest of the Universal Monsters. Interesting. So... Um, I could be pulling that out of my ass. I do believe that to be true, though. And then uh, we have something new for you guys this week. We have a little bit of a segment we're going to introduce. We're going to do a different one every week. But this week we're doing something that I like to call 60 Second Pitch. Bro, Creature from the Black Lagoon was 1954. I don't know shit about shit, then. No, you don't. Who directed that one? Uh... Or who wrote it, rather? Who wrote it? Harry Essex. Okay, so then he wrote this one first. Weird. Ew. Yeah. Why? I mean... That almost... He had to compete with Flesh Gordon, dude. I... That makes me mad, because honestly, if what we just... Or what I had just said was true, I'd be like, cool, that makes sense. There's evolution to his writing. Now you're pissed. Now I'm upset! Because... I was gonna say, dude, Creature from the Black Lagoon's, like, black and white. I was like, it was not... Whatever, bro, Clerks was black and white. That shit was shot in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> That's true, but that was, like, on purpose. Like, that was... Well, kind of. Uh, no, I, I mean, yes, but no. That's what you right. could afford. It was all he had. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, at the same time, it's like, that's an artsy move, though. Yeah. go for it and do it's, that anyways. It's one of my favorite things is that people will be like, oh, it's cool. It's like you're looking through the camera, like the security camera when you're watching these characters. And Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, it's artsy, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, this week we're going to introduce a new bit called 60 Second Pitch. Where Zach and I really quick are going to... We're going to Rochambeau real quick. We're going to Rochambeau to see who has to do a 60-second pitch of this for our, our reboot of this movie. I'm really hoping it's not me. So is it out of, like, the one? What do you mean? Are we going to do best two out of three? Or are we oh, we're just, just doing one because we're, we're on the record. We're on we're the clock. We're just going to get one. But right. um, potentially before we do this really quick, yeah, we are going to do 60 seconds on the clock. And then we have one minute to pitch our remake of this movie. Which this one, in my opinion, seems like it might be kind of easy. Yeah, because you got a lot to work with. Really. A lot to work with and nothing that happened in the movie. So you can do literally anything. All right, here we go. All right, Zach's winner so do i have to do it yeah you absolutely have to do okay. it okay let me start my timer for you okay zach's gonna set his timer and i'm gonna pitch Un my momento. my uh my remake of the octoman all right ready i'm ready when you are three two one do it 
Okay, so with my take on the Octoman, we're going to move it into present time as the movie was uh, when it originally came out. We're going to get rid of the radiated waters and we're going to kind of leave that a little bit of a mystery. And we're going to go a little bit more of a cosmic horror route with this. I think that the Octoman could be one of the like Greenwich horror gods, which is a HP Lovecraft type thing. But if we go that route, we can kind of pull from the Cthulhu mythos and also pull from the Colorado space mythos where we have something wrong with the water. Maybe people are getting sick. Maybe people are, people are turning into these Octomen. Um, I think that if we do this, uh, we maybe keep the Octoman off screen for more of the movie, uh, just to not give it away, especially from the beginning and uh, blow our load. I think that we could probably get something going with this. Um, we should still have a lead female actress. I think that there shouldn't be a romance, but there should be some fucked up connection going on between the two. Ooh, an affair. Maybe between like a monster version of this, uh, this Octoman and the female. We can go big name with that. And that's what I got for a minute. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Um, do you buy this movie? I didn't know you were going to go serious with it, and yeah. I'm actually really impressed and like that idea a lot. I knew you would. So here's my thing. If I want Zach to buy a movie I'm making, I just drop, uh, I just drop cosmic horror into it. And he's like, well, I'm watching this <laughs> uh, movie. So. Cosmic horror or, like, cool monsters, and I'm in. Yeah, so that's my 60 Paul second. Rudd, you know. That's my 60 second pitch on the Octoman remake. I, I would have bought that if I was, nice. like, you know, executive at Fox. We'll do it. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's my my elevator pitch, if you will. Cool. Uh, cool. I had a lot of fun with this one this week. Make sure to come back next week. I don't know what movie we're doing. Before you do that, go follow us on the Instagram. Yeah. We're at on, W. We're on the gram, yo. At WAWWT Pod. Mm. As in, why are we watching this podcast? And you can also follow us on Twitter at the same tag. We tweet stuff. We tweet memes. Yeah, and make sure to please leave some sort of review. Uh, that helps us out a lot. Um, we've kind of uh, grown a bit since we've started. A little um, bit. And so that's pretty cool to see. Um, we have five stars on Apple Podcasts for multiple reviews. That's more than three. As of this time, yeah, but that might be different. By the Hopefully time there's this. more than, way more than that when you're <laughs> They're like, oh, that's weird. It's the same thing when they go listen In three to this months. episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope that they're, well, a little inside baseball there for you. Uh, Oopsie. Make sure to go subscribe to us. Okay, this is something that I do every week, and I still don't really understand why. Because if you're already listening to this, I hope you're already subscribed to us somehow. But if you're not subscribed to us, make sure to subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play Podcast uh, Castbox FM, Stitcher, or Spotify, because mm-hmm. we're available on all of them. Yes, it's a lot to fucking maintain, you guys. I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my sanity. But I'm not losing interest in this podcast. Make sure to tune in next week when Zach grows a third arm and I change my last name. Oh, my third arm! Peace, Peace bitches. bitches. <laughs> Yeah.